There's a story inside every smoke shop, with every cigar, and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle of Boveda. This is Box Press. Welcome to another episode of Box Press. I'm your host, Rob Gagne with Boveda, and I am sitting down with Lito Gomez and Tony Gomez. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Not a a problem. Now, before we started the interview, I asked both of these gentlemen three questions. They don't know the answers, and we're going to see. We're going to play a little game called How Well Do You Know Me? All right? So I will read. (laughs) I'll start with you first, Lito. I'm going to read the question that I asked your son, Tony, and I want you to give me what you think his answer is. So I have his answers written down on this sheet of paper. Make sure you can't see it. So the first question it was, what is your favorite music, artist, or band? What do you think Tony said? Oh my God. Um, uh, No, rock and roll. um, You're close, you're close. uh, Keep going. As far as the band, no, I'm not going there. Rock and roll? Uh-huh. Well, you, you, you would say he listens to rock and roll. Yeah. You're very close. He said the Red Hot Chili Peppers, one of the best rock and roll bands right. in the entire world. So All good right. job, Tony. You, you're Good job, Leo. You kind of know your son a little bit, but we're getting warmed up here. I'm surprised. I'm impressed. <laughs> Leo, I also asked Tony the second question, which is, what is your favorite book? What do you think Tony said? He reads a lot of books. I don't know. I don't know the answer. No to idea. That. No, no idea. idea. That's all right. He said a hundred years of solitude. Why did you like that book? Gabriel Garcia Marquez, one of the greatest writers of all time. It's a, it's a story you either love it or you hate it, but I, I, I just think it's brilliant. What's the man. baseline? If we've never so read it, it uh, give me the pitch. It follows this story in a in a fictional town in Colombia, and it follows the family uh, over like. A hundred years, basically, and multiple generations of the family and uh, just, you know, learning from history, not learning from history, repeating itself, mistakes. You know, it's, it's just a it's a it's a work of art. Man. So it's kind I of like it. a soap opera in a book. Kind of. Yeah, it's, it's it was really a special better. book to me, man. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So if you want to read A 100 Years of Solitude and get a good idea of what it's like to be in Colombia and I assume solitude. Um, sometimes, yes, sometimes not. Okay. <laughs> It's, in, it's, a, it's a suspenseful book here. All right, now the last question that I asked Tony Lito was, which of your achievements are you most proud of? What do you think Tony is a proud of? What is his best achievement that he's most proud of? I think it is the way he built his name in this industry so quick. Um, it is something he should be proud of, very proud of. Um, as an accomplishment, it should be that. Um, I don't know what his answer is, but uh, that's what I think it should be. You know what Tony actually said? He said, helping my father make award-winning cigars like Lenoxa and the Andalusian Bolt. So he really enjoys working with you a lot and respects that. Tony, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, no, I mean, I, that, that's, that's a nice answer. I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Tony, now you're in the hot seat. How well do you know your father? I asked the same questions. You've had some time to think about it. You have an advantage. So don't let me down. If you don't get all three correct, you may be cut from the show and I will go on with Lito only. Okay? 
All right. First question to remind you, what is your dad's favorite music artist or band? Um, <clears throat> so there's one in particular that my dad likes to play obnoxiously loud at the <laughs> office in the morning at the factory. Does he sing uh, too? Uh, yes. Oh, this is perfect. Who is it? Video. Who is it? Um, Bocelli. Andrea Bocelli? At full blast at like eight in the morning. Ding, ding, ding. You are a winner. <laughs> you got it exactly right. Andrea Bocelli. Leo, do you want to give us a little Andrea Bocelli? I don't. <laughs> no, no. He's a little shy. Uh, now he okay, wants folks. to be shy. Now he wants to be He's shy. He's a little shy. He's a little shy. Very quickly becoming my least favorite artist. <laughs> Tony's like, not another Andrea Bocelli song, please. All right. The second question was, what is your favorite book? My father says that he falls asleep when he reads. So yes, but he listens he to audiobooks. So think hard and long. You're one out of three right now. Don't let me down, Tony. If my my father, if there's anything he would like to read or listen to, it would be uh, it would probably be like success stories of successful people, you know? Okay. Um, like autobiographies bio, yeah, or biographies, documentaries. Autobiographies, that kind of thing. You did not get this one right. So be careful. What is it? It's the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code. He loved it. What did you like about the Da Vinci Code while you listened to it on audiobook? The um, interesting perspective. Uh, whether you the agree The storytelling of it? Yeah, yeah. The storytelling was great. And the mystery great. and the weaving uh, in and uh, out. The whole mystery and uh, uh, whether whatever, whatever part of it was real or not. It was very interesting. Sure. Uh, it yeah. is a good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't read it, You really caught me off guard it. with that. Really caught me off guard. That's good. That's what this whole thing is for. How well do you know your father? Not that well. Not apparently. enough. <laughs> Number three is which of your dad's achievements is he most proud of? You know, getting this one right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a challenge there, Tony. Raising a wonderful son. Right? Ding, ding, no. <laughs> ding. You are correct. He said <laughs> raising good children. Really? And you were sarcastic about it. I love it. You do know your dad better than he knows you. You win the golden prize. Well, thank you guys both for playing along in that game. I hope you enjoyed it. We learned a little something about both of you. Now, Lito, your story is unique in this industry, and we could say that about everyone, but it truly is something different. We've read about you being a jeweler and owning pawn stores, getting robbed and having all sorts of different things going, and now you're in the cigar biz. You didn't really come from a family of cigar makers or anything like that. So you really had to cut your teeth in this industry and really prove that the outsider that you were could be accepted. So I want to know, when did you feel like you were accepted by your peers in this industry? What cigar was it or what moment was it? Very interesting question. Um, you know, the, the, our industry, our industry of cigar makers, uh, it's a very small industry. Very small, and everyone knows each other. It's a small family. Um, and uh, with very high standards of morals and ethics. Yeah, it's not just on quality of what you're producing, it's based on the character you are. It's the people, it yeah. is the people. And um, so basically you start in an industry which has been in the hands of, of families that have been generations. Right. Three, four, uh, five generations. Cigar making, yeah. And um, 
you basically have to prove yourself that you are working hard and you're trying to do a good product and that you're trying to become a cigar maker. Right. Um, in, in, in everything, it's probably a combination of how hard you work and the, there's a moment in which you make a product that is successful. Okay, now you are more respected. Um, sure. At that point, because you, you combine the two things, you're working very hard, everybody sees that you focus in, in, in quality, that you focus on, uh, and that you have respect for your industry and you have respect for your customers. And then uh, at one point, you know, you release a product that is very successful. Right. And I will say that, that that breaking point was 1997 when we released El Jaco. How long were you in the industry before you released the Jaco? Uh, three years. So th it took you three years to really build rapport. Yes. Really get the the peers behind you, and they said, "Okay, yes." Yes. We like what Lido's doing. We accept. Yes, I I enjoyed uh, um, the friendship of a few cigar makers very early, and uh, right. but to be to be accepted industry wide, I would say it was 1997. Yes. Okay. Yeah. With Jaco. Yep. What was it about the cigar that kind of broke through and people were like, yes? Um, it was a great blend and it was an unusual shape. It was a perfecto. And, uh, Did it have the chisel head? Um, no, not at that point. That wasn't a chisel not head. at that point. It was a small perfecto. And uh, that cigar kind of set a trend in the industry. It was not only really? well accepted with consumers, with retailers, but it also set a trend of perfectos in the industry at that at that moment. So not a lot of people were rolling perfectos. No, no. Uh, so this uh, was kind of homage back to that. Yeah, yeah. It, it set a trend for the industry at that point. Lido, you work very closely with your wife Inez, and in fact, she's probably one of the main reasons why you're in the industry in the first place. Correct? Yeah. It takes a lot of respect a lot of good rapport and a lot of trust to work with your wife day in and day out. What do you think is the most important thing to make sure that that continues to happen? It's, it's complicated to, uh, very complicated to work with your wife. Um, you have to find that, and, and it took some time to find and to learn that there are moments for business and there are moments for personal life. So you've got to separate the two. You've got it's to separate It's not all that. business all the time. Because, you know, running a business, it takes a lot of decisions. Right. Sometimes very complicated and very difficult. And as human beings, we all disagree at some point. Oh, oh yeah. Because Always. we have different views. Uh, and um, so, and then you have to have these discussions. Yeah. and disagreements and you got you have to go through it until you get to an agreement and um and, and you make sense out of it uh my wife and i are partners 50 50. yes in the business in the business and there's a clause in, in our contract that if we ever get to a lock lockout that we will flip a coin really yeah so you let fate decide right. if it's a if it's a dead 50 50 tie right you let fate decide. Yeah. And in 25 years, we never flipped a coin. You never flipped the coin no. yet? No. It's written in your contract. Yes. For the it business. Is. Yep. 
but you've yeah. never had to flip the coin. Exactly, yeah. And why is that? Because you're coming up with because a win-win we, idea? Uh, because we get, we reason through the uh, differences and get to an agreement. And at some point we say, it, it's always, before you make a decision, you say, what will guide your decision? Yeah, what's the, what's the moral compass of the decision? Or right, what is so the direction? In this decision, how, which way our customers benefit better. So you're always keeping the customer in mind. Exactly. It's for our customer, for the guy that's going to light up a cigar. And so that's uh, common ground that you guys have because you're both focused on the same it, outcome. Exactly. It's not about saving the money for the company. It's not about making more money. It's not about me or her. It's about the cigar smoker that's going to light up our cigars. Wonderful. But within this, you have to separate and, and your office time and your work time is in your office. When you get home, you don't get into business. Do you have some some unwritten rule that just says like, hey, when we're at home, we're not uh, talking we, business? We learn about it because then, you know, we, we go through a discussion or a fight in the office and then we go home and we keep fighting over the same thing. Yeah. And then you learn about it. Wait, 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 we gotta separate this. So okay? do you guys literally when, cut off when, the when business When you get talk? home, you're my wife, I'm your husband and we love each other and we have a family and it's our family it's our home tony can you uh can you pipe in at all do you think the same thing like you guys have like that unwritten rule like when we're family we're taught we're family we don't talk about business obviously it's it's uh my experience is different you know i working with directly with your wife as, as owners of a company that's you know i'm i'm not too familiar with the process but um but as a family working yeah, together as a family yeah, um no absolutely um we there's definitely times for business and there's times for, uh, you know, just being father and son, being friends, you know, um, you know, my father, my father, you know, my father, like we get along for the most part when it comes to business, but there are times where, you know, I mean, if, if he has to lay into me about something sure. every now and then you'll do it. And then once it's done, it's done, you know, it's not, right. he's not going to hold the grudge. It's not personal. It's not personal, you know, it's just business. And yeah, I've, I've learned that and, you know, so, sure. We have disagreements and uh, he might be upset, but then five minutes later, you know, we're father and son again. Tony, what do you what do you admire about your dad that that you just you're like, you know, this is something unique that my dad does. And it's something that I'm not maybe good at. And I want to just try to be more like that. Um, This my my father is the American dream. And, you know, um, I know coming from my my father, my father grew up on a dirt road in Uruguay, which is uh, it's a country about this big in sure. South America, um, a country where people don't have a lot of ambitions. And, you know, it, Uruguayans are very relaxed people and they just like to live their lives and yeah, be okay. live life. Um, but he, he he had these dreams, you know, and I've been I've seen the house where he grew up in not too long ago, maybe a few years ago, and it's still on a dirt road. OK, wow. So. The fact that he got out of there, no formal, he never went to college. Um, he's got no real formal education. And he came over here and made this happen is, to me, it's it's really unimaginable. I I don't know how the hell I could ever do that, you right. know? So I, I, I mean, the respect is- But what character does he have that you're like, so you know, he you really uh, gotta have some of that. He, uh, like I said, see, he doesn't have a college education, right? He, he never went to business school. Um, I don't think my father even knows how to make a business plan, you know? Right. <laughs> He's got this style, which is just head first, kick down the door, 
and make it happen. You know, just brute force. And that's how he and he does it. You know, it's he you'll have a crazy idea and you have no idea how he's going to do it, but he pulls it off. So he puts know? that first goal. He's, that's always top of mind. It's like mm-hmm. I'm not going to get stuck in the weeds doing other stuff. I'm going to if I have a goal to get this, yeah. I'm going to go for it. Head first. And he focuses all attention. Goal, on. Man, and, he, and, he, and he makes it happen. And I that's I, good. I admire the hell. You out need of people who put first things first. Yeah, um, you know when I, when I immigrated from Uruguay, yeah, I immigrated to Canada. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's part of your story. You went to Canada because you couldn't get an American visa. Right, uh, and you know I worked in different factories from uh, making Goodyear tires for automobiles sure. to making kitchen you counters. You worked the blue collar jobs. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, factories were far away from the city. And you, I had to take a bus, subway, another bus, and then work for about a mile with shoes from, from Uruguay wow. and um, under the snow. And by the time I got to the factory to work, it would take about an hour to feel my feet again because they were frozen. <laughs> it's a, you're a little cold uh, up there uh, in so, Canada winters. Uh, uh, you know, finally, a friend of mine got me a job in a restaurant in the city. So now, you know, I'm close. I'm five minutes away from the place. And, uh, uh, but I was working as a dishwasher. Sure. Wow. That is the dishwasher room in a restaurant. It's not a nice place. I was a dishwasher too for my first job. I know how that goes. So, um, and uh, so I didn't like the job, but I was happier because it was less of a headache to get to work. And you Uh, usually get a free meal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, I didn't like it, so I say, "How do I get out of here? How do I sure? Uh, how do you progress? Go to the next step." And uh, so I figured out that being the best bus boy in the house or dishwasher in the house will give me the right to ask the supervisor to become a bus boy. So you're going to show the supervisor that you're the best at this, and yeah. you could learn more. And to I gain and another I, position. I asked. So I asked the manager. I became the best dishwasher. And I asked the manager, and he gave me a chance to be a busboy. So now I'm in the dining room yeah, with a tie and a shirt. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you're in front of people, and you have to be exactly. have, to yeah. have a, a certain elegance about yourself. Exactly. You learn so, how to deal with people. Yeah. Then, you know, I'm making $3 tips a day, right. and uh, I'm watching the waiter. I watch every move he makes. You're studying the waiters while you're the busboy to exactly, go for that position. Exactly. Um, you are focused. So you're very driven. I, I, I like that. I, I, I got to figure the same philosophy. If I become the best busboy in the house, I can ask to be a waiter. So I did. You asked. And That's the, the, See, what I like about that, Lito, is that you're asking the manager. You have hey, to I've ask. Shown you, you have that to I can ask. Do this. You want can something? I have this? You have to they ask. They can say no, but at least you ask. Exactly. If nobody gets That's hurt key. by asking because you want something. You 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 think you can do something, and then you ask for an opportunity. Exactly. Okay. And like then that. you know, I ask for the opportunity to become a waiter. The waiter will make one hundred and twenty dollars a day. A lot of wow. money. Okay. Especially uh, and, back then. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, back then, back in the early seventies. So. And then um, I asked the manager one day, and I said, okay, you know what? Uh, one of the waiters is going to leave in two weeks. So you got your job. I give you a chance. And this is funny. 
um, the following weekend before the two week, the two weeks, it was a Friday night. And um, we were short in personal. Very okay. busy night. Yeah. And um, maybe your callings earlier. The manager came and told me, Lito, you're becoming a waiter today. So earlier than the two weeks yeah. that you thought. Yeah, exactly. But you had studied this whole time and watched everyone, so you kind of knew what to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I was studying that waiter, like, you know, every movie <laughs> make, everything he said. Every, How did that uh, first yeah. night go? And uh, so it was a very busy night. It was a crazy night. And uh, and we pulled it off. And at the end of the night, um, we were hanging out at the bar, all the waiters. And the manager came and he, you know, he goes, Lito, you became a waiter tonight. Great job. And he gave me a cigar. The first really? cigar I ever smoked in my your life. Your first cigar yes. is on the night that you achieve one of your best goals yep. to become mm -hmm. a waiter. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it was a Monte Cristo number two. And I remember uh, he showed me how to cut it and everything. It was a, it was a uh, pyramid. And um, so I remember I went smoking, walk home that day, that night, and it was snowing slowly snowing oh, it wasn't yeah, that cold that beautiful snow nice beautiful and snow i walk home smoking that cigar and that was the first cigar of my life those accomplishments that um uh, and I, I i'm gonna give you a, a comparison now okay um when i was a bus boy before becoming a waiter uh the owner of the restaurant was a crazy greek guy uh, yeah. self-made unbelievable sure. person but he was kind of crazy and he had this crazy idea so uh in december they will name the best bus boy of the house and the best waiter in the house okay and that day the owner of the restaurant will sit you in the dining room and he will serve dinner to you that's an interesting dynamic the owner yeah. serves you as like a thanks yeah for being great employees, showcasing what his core values are. Yeah, and and things like that kind of form your personality. Yeah, teaches you a lot about life. And I have to say, the day that I was named the best bus boy in the house, then you fast forward to 2016, when I go into the Hall of Fame of cigar makers. Wow the level of satisfaction and happiness was exactly the same when I became the best bus boy as when I became at the Hall of Fame. Really? I was not more happy in 2016 than I was in 1975. That was going to be my answer to his best Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was your answer, right? Because that's one of my favorite stories of his. Really? It was? I, I love that story. That, that's what I was going to say. And uh, uh, so different levels, uh, different economics, different dynamics, but it's still the an accomplishment. It's your accomplishment and that's what makes you happy. Because it doesn't matter the size of the accomplishment. It doesn't it matter where it resides in you. How happy you feel inside uh, yeah. uh, uh, with your accomplishment. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Thank you it, for sharing that. It, that is very interesting. Yeah. Very good. Um, so I don't remember what was the question. No, that was it. That was good. <laughs> Since you two work closely together, you obviously have some traits that are the same and you obviously have some traits that got to be different. Tony, how are you similar and how are you different from your father? That's a good question. 
So we're from two very different worlds, you know, the way right. he grew up, the way I grew up. Um, you know, I, I've always had a fortunate life. You know, I've never had to worry about where a meal was coming from or, you know, I, I, right. I have very few real struggles in my life. You know, and I have to acknowledge that. Like and realize most it. of us in America, sure. we don't have sure. huge, huge struggles. Not saying that everybody, but. Right. Uh, so in large part due to him and his efforts, of course, you know, so um, we're different personalities because, you know, where we're from and how we grew up. But uh, we have a lot of similarities. We're both very stubborn. You know, ah, um, the drive and we, we you both, have the yeah, drive. we both have our ideas and, you know, we clash sometimes. Um, How do you compromise those clashing ideas? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have a I don't have a good track record of winning those clashes. <laughs> All right. So I, somebody's losing. The thing is, though, one of the things that I respect the most about my father is that, um, you know, he will at least hear me out. You know, okay. Um, so, so he's going to respect your opinion. Yeah. He's going to listen to your viewpoint. Yeah. Um, and he's going to reflect if that changes his viewpoint. Right. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he's he's Lito Gomez. He's, uh, you know, a uh, world renowned cigar maker, Hall of Fame, you know, all the accolades you can you can imagine. Um, and he doesn't have to listen or care about my opinion. But he or respects my idea. it to do it. But yeah. he respects you to listen exactly. to your opinion. And he does. Every now and then, I'm, I, you know, maybe he listens to me, maybe I convince him, and sometimes not, and you know, that's that's fine too. So, um, so we're different in the sense that uh, he's a uh, he's a little more fiery than I am. Okay, he's uh, a little more intense. I've always been a little more zen. You know, so it's sure. kind do of you, a good do you, uh, balance. Do you yoga, meditate? All I that don't. Stuff? I, I've just always been. You just very had that personality. That's kind of how I am. Relax. Yeah, so, you know, he's he's uh he's very instinctive instinctual you know he's he's uh you know just like i said you know ram his head through the door and i'm kind of more like take a step back and and look at it analyze sure. it you know so we're, we're a little different in those senses Lito, i can relate to that intensity i've always been told my whole life that i'm a little intense uh-huh. yeah okay. you have that passion that desire that need to get kind of where you want to go yeah, uh, uh, instinctive is the right word, I think. Instinctive, yeah. very instinctive. Um, uh, with the lack of education uh, or formal education, um, uh, instinct and common sense, it's what basically drives... It's what you had to thrive on, right? Because yeah. without formal education, you have to rely on your gut and your sense of uh, moral compass or your sense of your own compass. Yeah, uh, and uh, basically you learn from people. Right. Uh, you watch people around you, people that you think are smart and you uh, uh, and you think you can learn How from. How do you sniff out the ones that are the, the BSers, the ones, I call them uh, false tutors, the ones that you, you might listen to some of the stuff they say and it, it sounds good, but then at the end of it, you're like, the core of what you're trying to do is not ethical it's not right you're kind of a false tutor did you ever have false tutors when you were growing up and you kind of like admired some things but you're like mm, not all uh if you see where i grew up um there was thieves and murders and and uh thieves and uh, murders murders and good people i had to make choices right since i was 10 years old you were on the street and there's a lot of bad people on the street and there's a lot of good people. So you make your choices every right. day. We didn't have somebody, you know, you, my parents were all school 
communication in my generation with your parents was not that good. Sure. There was not a lot of communication. There was not a lot of I love you every day. Yeah. Okay. To know that your father love you. That's important. You had to figure it out. You had to figure it out. He sure. wouldn't tell you. Right. Uh, he wouldn't kiss you every day. Right. Or hug you. Okay. So you have to try to figure out by things that he does in order to determine that if, to know if he really loves you because it wasn't that. Right. That was back then in my generation. Okay? Did you ever figure it out? Was there a moment where you were like, yeah, now, now I got my I always knew he loved me. Yeah, but was there a moment where you were like, little things, uh, he said it or he actually expressed it differently that um, you were like, wow, that was special? No, no. I, I, I was always... Um, um sure that he loved me yeah and uh, uh th there was a moment uh that i remember forever uh, my father lost his right hand he lost yeah. his right hand his right arm okay and um uh, he had to learn to tie his shoes and write and everything with his left hand that's not an easy task it's not uh, and the time that i that i saw him pissed off it wasn't because he was bitching about his fate. He was bitching about him not learning fast enough. Oh, sure. And uh, so I'll see him, you know, I grew up watching him wash his face with the left hand. And that's what I do. That's what? That's what I do. That's how I wash my face with the left hand. Oh, so you're emu emulating what your father does. Yeah, unconsciously. Uh, one day he walks into the bathroom and I'm there washing my face in the morning and he sees me. And it was a big hug and a lot of crying. Um, so... Anyway, but um, that was my generation, and you know, you had to figure out that your father loved you. Uh, and then, um, um, so, but I had to make a lot of decisions every day when I was on the street. It was a bad guys, and it was a good guys. So, right. where do you want to? Where it, it's in you, right? It's not. Um, it's not educational. It's in you, in your system, in your DNA. Do you side with the your bad guys values. or you side with the good guys? Yeah, your core values have to be yeah. true. Um, so, uh, and that's what basically drives everybody's life. Uh, oh. um, uh, Rocketman will make, will side with some kind of people. He will enjoy it. Right. How many people will kill today? He'll be happy. Maybe if it's a lot of people, okay? And then, you know, you have good people that will never accept that. Right. Okay, so it's basically, you know, the things that appeal to bad people are not the same that appeal to good people. Right. So these are your core values and the things that you uh, that that uh, are within you, and uh, so, um, and and then it stays with you for the rest of your life, and that helps you make decisions. Uh, and um, uh, similarities with Tony and I is basically we we both have the same respect for the people that makes it all possible, which is a cigar smoker. Right. We have the same respect uh, and, and uh, 
um, uh, we both want, want the same thing. And uh, uh, we're different in the sense that, you know, he put it perfectly well. I'm more fiery and I, you know, I'm more, I, I snap very quick. Sure. He's a lot more laid back. And, uh, that and, and, and that helps me. Yeah. To be able to say, yeah. okay, I'm going to yeah. listen to Tony Absolutely. right yeah. now. He yeah. has calmed down over the last six years that I've been at the factory. That's awesome. <laughs> you guys are rubbing off on each other then. That's like, good. One of the first pieces of advice that you gave me when I started in the company was, and I always remember is that not everybody that smiles at you is your friend. Yep. You know, and I always remember that. Wow. That's interesting. What does that mean um, to you? It means because, you know, it's, you know, my, when I first came into the industry, um, you know, just by virtue of being my father's son, everybody will be nice to me, you know, out of respect for my father. Right. That doesn't mean that they like me or respect me. Heck yeah. It means they respect him, you know? So that's, you know, you, you got to make your own name. You can't just be Lito's son forever. You got to be, you got to be your own person. You got to be Tony. When I first started with the company, I started as a sales rep, right? Okay. So I covered all of Florida. I did that for four years. Um, and I, I, I eventually made it a point to, uh, I always introduced myself as Tony. I never said Tony Gomez, you know, really, because I didn't want you people, left the last name out. Yeah, I, I didn't intentionally. You know, most people knew who I was. Of course, they, you know, word got around that Lito's son is the rep, but not everybody did. So I introduced myself as Tony, you know, didn't you introduce yourself to me the same way? You're like, Hey, I'm Tony. It's, I'm like, I, Tony. I always, do that. I always do that. And you're like Tony Gomez. And I'm like, Oh, and then it clicked. And I was like, and he's like, you, you, we've never met before. And I was like, I've never seen your face before. We've always talked on the phone. Yeah. So yeah, if, if people don't know who I am yet, then that just, that just means I, I still have a way to go, you know, which that's interesting. So you use don't. that as an opportunity to just say, Hey, I'm, I'm Tony right. and, and try to build your own path instead of getting, right. getting a kind of a, an, an edge sure, that, you're I mean, and that you're Lito's son. And it's, it's nothing against my father at all. It's just, you know, it's, it's a personal no, not thing, at all. You know? Um, what did I, that one teach of my you, favorite though? moments when I was on the road as a sales rep was I had, I had been a rep for, you know, a couple of years now. And one of my best shops, you know, that I had one of my best shops and we had a great relationship. You know, I would just go in there. We'd bust sure. each other's balls and, you know, uh, one of my best shops. Um, and it, it was two years in where I walked in today one day and he said, Tony, are you fucking can I curse on this? Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you got to be fucking kidding me. You're Lido's son. He was blown away. It took him two years. He had no idea. Nice job, brother. Nice job. So your whole plan worked out. You built your own rapport with that shop well, manager. You liked me for me, not because I was you know, my father's yeah. son. You know, that's, that was nice. You know, and was I bet cool. you you have a better relationship with that person than you did somebody who found out who you were right away. Yeah, sure. Sure. That's good, too. That's good. I do want to talk about something that's unique to this industry that you guys brought, and specifically Lido yourself. It was the chisel tip. Yeah. That's it. It has an interesting story. I mean, you were chewing on a cigar, driving down the road, going to the factory, and it kind of had this unique flat torpedo shape. And you went in and you said, I want you to make this. And it took 10 months for them to come up with that. What was it that you were so adamant that this is going to create a unique experience. Was it just the way it fit in your mouth or was it you wanted to bring something new to the market or what inspired that? Uh, no, I was not trying to bring anything new. It just happened by accident. And, and the minute I got to the factory, I, I, I got a stray cigar in my hand and uh, <clears throat> got a blade and I chiseled it. I, I, I cut it to that shape. 
and I told the cigar roller to put the wrapper on it. So when I saw it finished with that flat tip, I said, oh my God, this is perfect. I mean, it looks really great. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, when I lit it up, uh, the way the smoke was distributed in my, in my mouth and the way it feels when I was smoking it, I mean, you can get a really big ring gauge and, and you know, right. uh, make it feel very comfortable. Very That's big a, ring gauge, but it still feels good in your it, mouth. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and uh, so, I, I mean, I was very excited and, and it was not like, like a crazy innovation. No. It was a very simple innovation. <laughs> it was uh, kind on, of a dumb on, luck on, mistake, and uh, yeah, you made uh, you made uh, some uh, lemonade out of it. Uh, exactly, yeah, and it, it, it was great. It was just a simple innovation that made the uh, the, the cigar perform in a really great way. Thanks okay, for bringing that to smoking. the market. That's uh, uh, yeah, you're welcome. I mean, special. it's um, uh, um, it, it has been great, and that's you know, Chisel is part of our identity. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one of the very cool things about uh, La Flor is that, you know, just the fact that we don't have any family history in the tobacco business, the cigar industry. Right. Um, you know, he's the first generation is that there's there's no traditions to follow. You know, it's not we're not doing it, you know, my grandfather's way or great. You're always innovating way. because it's like, hey, it was, yeah, he try this. started making his own traditions. And, you know, today we're known as being a, a very creative brand, you know, um, and we don't we don't try to emulate the traditional brands. There's some, there's a lot of fantastic traditional brands and, you know, who will be around forever as right. long as they want to be. Um, but we've never tried to emulate that because they already do it and they do it much better than we ever could if That's we smart. wanted to. So do your own thing, you know, do your own thing and come up with, and, uh, come up with a unique yeah. way of experiencing yeah. a cigar. Yeah. Thank you guys yeah. both for being on the show. Really, really appreciate it. Lito, thank you for sharing with us so much. And Tony as well. Thank you guys both. Great questions. I, I really appreciate it. You do, uh, do a great job, man. You're very Thank welcome. Thank you for having us. You're very yeah. welcome. I've been watching Thank you guys. You I've been watching you guys on Instagram and all that for a while. And yeah, I've, I've always thought you guys do an awesome job at this, you know. Thank one, you. One small complaint. I, I kind of was expecting, I don't know, they, they, we didn't have any like makeup or like a trailer. Oh, uh, makeup? You <laughs> yeah, want makeup? I, I was expecting some, some more kind Man, of he's treatments. bougie. <laughs> Tony's bougie. He needs a lot of stuff. We'll, we'll pamper you later. We'll send you to the spa, buddy. All right. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thank you.